0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, we got our uh, our song requests coming in in the live stream chat. Keep them coming. I'm going to read the sponsors, and we'll see what our song of the day is here. Uh, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, May 22nd. It's moments away, but before we do this let's thank well before we do this let's make sure i'm recording okay we are recording all right let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this podcast unions like the international association of machinists and aerospace workers local 126 in district 8 the international brotherhood of electrical workers local 9 our sponsors as well as the international union of operating engineers local 150 thank you unions really nice of you to do that and sponsor us and of course, today's Ben Jorofsky show for Friday, May 22nd, is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. I'm gonna look on the live stream chat and see what our song of the day is. Hang tight. Your song of the day yeah. comes from Jim. Jim. okay. Today's song of the day is it's actually uh, my mother, producer Vicky's favorite band, oh. ZZ Top, Ooh. LaGrange. Alright, um, don't worry, we got another song Wait, uh, di-
1: I know ZZ Top I had one song that I know Just sing
0: the one ZZ Top song you know Uh, I can't remember Oh, it right wow. I know
1: the one about um, I See the Beards, man, does that count for something? I See the Beards <laughs> is not a name of a song <laughs> Alright, sorry Ice Cube! Isn't She's that got, got legs, it?
0: uh, cheap sunglasses Oh, I like that, cheap
1: sunglasses <laughs>
0: Hey, they all can't be zingers The Ben <laughs> Show starts now <laughs> It is Friday, May 22nd, and live from Ben's attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Romano Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor, Romano Hussein,
1: And now your host... Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Mayor Mutumbo Friday. And here's why. I'll tell you why, everybody. For the last few weeks, hairstylists, their parlor operators, restaurant owners, they've been eyeing June 1st as the day they could reopen they did this largely because Governor Pritzker had targeted June 1st as a day of reopening. So, in their mind, that's the magical day. And I know this, ladies and gentlemen, because as I've said many times in the show, my wife is a hairdresser. So, I'm very much privy to the world of hairdressing. You wouldn't know that by looking at me. We're complete opposites. She has style. I don't have style. But we've been married for a long time. So, I know a lot about hairdressing operations, D. All right? So, what happened? when uh, the pandemic hit really full blast and the mayor and the governor decreed that we go down uh, to stay at home. Uh, People like my wife, they had to close their operations uh, and they had to cancel appointments. Uh, And then they said, well, you know, I think maybe, let's see, it was like March or so. We'd probably be open in April. So they made uh, new appointments based on you know, the notion that they might be open in April and then April rolled around. Well, we'll be open in May and they made new appointments and then May rolled around and eh, we'll definitely open in June. And So you keep making new appointments. Now, this is something you may not realize. We're going to be talking about this with Martin Hussein. Now, Dennis and I—we're not, as I said, I'm, I shouldn't put you in this boat, D. You're—well, you're doing it anyway. You're Let's see. Very stylish young man, and oh. you, you know, uh, very well capped, and you have a good look. Okay. I
0: had, i got this awesome uh, scarf slash mask handkerchief thing here. Yes, I Yes,
1: with the alligators on it. <laughs> it's like an ascot anyway uh but hey of- what'd you call me <laughs> i said it's like an ascot it's got alligators on it. he's looking for a job at block club uh anyway <laughs> that's an inside joke very subtle uh so anyway micah where are you micah i love that alligator oh, <laughs> can't do the interview gator hunting uh, huh micah uh, simpler times when the big news of the day was the gator in Humboldt Parks Lagoon, remember that, ladies and gentlemen, last summer everybody was excited about the gator. Where was I, anyway? So it's a big deal. In the hair- Someone please
0: put another alligator in that <laughs> lake. We need something to distract us. I know.
1: Could you? Oh, would people social distance if there was a gator in the lagoon? Oh, I really uh, believe that uh, health comes first, but there's a gator in that lagoon. <laughs> Wonder what Chicago would do. Do you think they would go gator crazy? Gator Gate Two. Gator Gate. <laughs> Gator, Gator Gator Bob. Remember Gator Bob? Oh yeah, was that the one they, they Who was the one they threw under the bus? It Gator, Gator B- it was Gator Bob. Oh my god! Then they- there was Gator Rob. Yeah, Gator Rob was the guy from Florida. That Gator Rob was, like, getting girlfriends because of it. Every Gator- city council gave him a key to the city. Oh, yeah.
0: Gator Bob just got free bologna sandwiches. <laughs>
1: Gator Bob, They threw Gator Bob under the bus. Chicago, you're a fickle bunch. No, I think saying. that guy
0: was smart. I feel like he was just, like, a, a rambling man traveling in Chicago. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I can get that Gator. Look, I need four butt ices, two bologna sandwiches, <laughs> and I'll get that Gator. And He was just, like, you know, milking it for as long as he could.
1: Uh <laughs> Anyway, we always say, oh, hairdressers. A lot of people care very uh, much about how they look, uh, their appearance. And so it's very important to them that uh, they can schedule their hair appointment. And so they always, you know, there's like a little battle over like when you're rescheduling. The last person canceled wants to be the first person rescheduled. So, you know, it's a bit of an adjustment. But uh, health comes first. Health and safety comes first. So keep pushing back the time of reopening. Uh, And so now we don't know because... JB Pritzker had said that uh, J- J- June first was the, probably the day we're going to be able to move to the next phase. Remember that D, all these phases that he has. Uh, oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to push that button. I know, I thought you were going to push that button. Let's begin with phase one. Hey, JB, not now, JB. <laughs> We've heard your phases, pal. I had a Ben's feeling. intro. Quit yeah. yeah. stepping on it. Yeah, come on, JB. <laughs> so anyway, so um. <clears throat> We thought that phase one would kick in or phase two or whatever phase we're in was going to kick in June 1st and uh, restaurants and hairdressers would get, in, would get to open. But apparently uh, Lori Lightfoot uh, has come in. This is why the, the, the analogy from out of nowhere, like Dikembe Matumbo and swat that shot away. Now for all you basketball fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. But for, for, for many of our uh, listeners that are not basketball fans, Dikembe Matumbo was one of the great shot blockers of the 1990s. D, do you do you remember him at all?
0: Mount pre- Matumbo, of course. Denver Nuggets, no. Atlanta Hawks.
1: Yes, he did play for the Denver Nuggets and the Atlanta
0: 76ers. Hawks.
1: Yes, he yes, did. he did. He played for the. 70- he was great shot blocker, and the New Jersey Nets, I believe. Eddie, I'm not sure. About I'll look New it up. Okay. Uh, anyway, so when he was done blocking the shot, he would stand over the uh, the person who shot. He blocked. because He was a very t- uh, towering person, and he would wave his finger like. No, no, no. Don't try that. And so in much the same way, Mayor Lori Lightfoot came out of nowhere. Swat! Get that weak beep out of here. I am not opening up uh, on June 1st. I Well, I'm holding off on my decision. She's going to let us know. I guess today she's going to let us know, D, or maybe tomorrow. I don't know. But the point is, J.B. Pritzker maybe the governor of Illinois, but Lori Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. Now, look. I just want to say this. I am not a... a perfect ma- person. <laughs> I am not a MAGA hat wearer when it comes down uh, to this issue of closing the state. I'm not, okay? In fact, I make fun of MAGA hat wearers. In fact, I feel uh, that not too long from now, I will be making fun of the MAGA hat crowd uh, who d- defies, loves defying J.B. Pritzker. I just want to point something out. Um, and I respect... Lori Lightfoot, by and large, I give her high grades for the way she's handled this pandemic. We make fun of her from time to time. You know, we're not worshipful. And I realize that I live on the north side of Chicago and most of my neighbors adore uh, Lori Lightfoot and I'm always respectful of them and I want to be a good neighbor and I don't want to antagonize any of them by saying anything that they may take the wrong way. They love Lori Lightfoot, okay, D? All right. (laughs) <laughs> and But I just want to point out that in many ways, as much as I like the job that she's done, by and large, Lori Lightfoot's job in this pandemic is a little, hmm, how would I say this, D? I don't know if easy is the right word, but easier than J.B. Pritzker, okay? Because J.B. Pritzker has to deal with a very large, very politically diverse state of Illinois, in which a good chunk of everything south of Chicago does not believe that this pandemic is as bad as J.B. Pritzker, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, all the doctors and all the nurses and all the scientists are telling us that it is. And so whenever J.B. Pritzker comes out with a proclamation saying, we need to stay at home, we can't open up businesses, you get this eruption of protests. Places place is crawling with MAGA hat wearers. They just show up, they get in their cars, they get out their rifles, they get out their MAGA hats and their Confederate flags and their signs with the swastikas and the Nazi slogans, and they show up and they denounce J.B. Pritzker as a uh, tyrant. So that's what J.B. Pritzker has to deal with. But when Mayor Lori Lightfoot makes her pronouncements, most Chicagoans generally say, well, there's a few who D, D, I think Dee will get into a few who dare to disagree in the uh, in the news, but most Chicagoans say Mayor Lightfoot is right. We're going to abide by her suggestions. We're going to do what she says. But they have memes, uh, you know, revering her, and uh, they make her this iconic figure. So this
2: little light of mine, no. I'm going to let it shine.
1: So you know what? I'm just saying. It's a lot easier in many regards for Lori Lightfoot to deal with this crisis than it is for J.B. Pritzker. Uh, that is obvious. Speaking of mega wears, I want to give a little shout out to Darren, uh, our good friend Darren Bailey, DB, big feller. Uh,
0: huge listener of this show. Huge <laughs> I heard, I've heard he's heard all 500 plus
1: Shows that we've done. Yes. he's a, Well, he didn't really get going until about a year ago, D, but ever since then, he's just been staying up late at night. Oh, I love that Stacey Davis Gates interview.
0: I know. It's a sleeper pick here for uh, Darren Bailey, but I heard his favorite, Sergio
1: Mims. Oh, he loves, no, his absolute favorite, one. Sergio Mims, uh, with Adolfo Mondragon talking about gangster movies. Remember that one? That's a very popular dollar. Anyway, so yeah, he loves Sergio Mims. Big Be- Big fan of uh, Monroe Anderson, too, by the way, uh, DB, uh, Darren Bailey. Uh, could you imagine Darren Bailey and Monroe Anderson? For some reason, days? boy, <laughs> he hates
0: Mr. Bike. I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> by the way, Mr. Bike will be here next Friday uh, with a breakdown of the city council antics. Can't wait to have Dave Bluets back in the show. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I want to give a shout out to DB, Darren Bailey. He wore a mask. Remember, that was the big story of the day, Uh, last couple days. D.B. Darra Bailey, downstate Republican, was defying the stay-at-home order. Apparently did not believe that the pandemic was real. And uh, even if it were real, he felt it infringed on his freedom. And as uh, many people pointed out, freedom ain't free, okay? And uh, freedom ain't free. It's a hefty beep in fee. Like that, D. Like that. I
0: told Ben. I kept referring to that song off Team America: World Police, and I knew Ben didn't know what I was talking about. So I talked. I told him, "Dude, that's a reference from a song." And
1: you listened to the song about twenty times last night. <laughs> I love that Dude. song. Now, I also, as appreciation to Dennis, sent him Convoy. Did you listen to Convoy? <laughs>
0: Not yet. I just saw you sent it. And I, I just started laughing.
1: I, I, I'm telling you what, Convoy, I, I'm, folks. I'm going to tell you this. I like Convoy back in the '70s. And then I forgot about it till I saw the MAGA hat crowd in Michigan. It just, when they got in their cars and drove around, it reminded me of Convoy. But it's a great song. I forgot that, like, it's all about the CB movement, and uh, they're going to have this giant uh, convoy of trucks that's going to just barge through all the Smokies. Uh, that's, that's what they call it. Break a breaker Breaker 1-9, we got a hammer down there, and a foot down there in the county mountain. Well, the guy, the the leader of the convoy, his uh, CB name is Rubber Ducky. I forgot that. Rubber Ducky, Rubber Ducky. I forgot that.
0: Uh, shout out there, Rubber Ducky. We're going to put the
1: hammer down there. Uh, I got a county mount up ahead. So great song. I urge everybody, uh, including Dennis, uh, to listen to it. Uh, so anyway, uh, DB put the mask on. And here's a picture of Let's see. A picture of him in the bright one. You know, I'll show you this picture, D. He's a good looking guy. Come on, man. You should have put that mask on, all right? There he is. Big fella. He's a good-looking guy, huh?
0: You've said that like (laughs) 10 times now.
1: Nice. nice Nice-looking man. You look good in the mask, DB. I don't know why. Here he is. Look. Huh? Huh? And there's social distancing. He's chatting with someone. He's got the mask on. And he has his oh, mask. Oh, look at that
0: goofy uh, mask that one guy's got there at the
1: bottom. Yeah, though no, that's Jim Oberweiss. He's got the full shield. Uh, I think he's trying to be ironic. But here's DB. He's got his mask on. It has a message. Let's see. My name is Darren Bailey, and I'm a big doof. All right. <laughs> DB, you know, I'm glad you put the mask on. Yes, you're right. Freedom ain't free. Sometimes you have to wear masks. Uh, and uh, just to protect everybody. Uh, but meanwhile, by the way, he may have put the mask on, and he looks, as Dennis says, very handsome in that mask. Oh, that was you, dude. Uh, but his lawsuit defying the state uh, continues. He's got a lawsuit uh, in uh, Clay County where he's essentially saying that uh, Governor Pritzker has overstepped his bounds by imposing the stay-at-home orders, and uh, he wants to personally be freed of them uh, and I think the judge ruled in his favor, uh, a very learned judge, a uh, Michael McHaney is his name. And this guy, man, it's like a hang him high judge D. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the judge in my cousin Vinny. Have you ever seen that movie? Oh my cousin yeah. Vinny? It was a uh, Herman Munster. Very good. Uh, Fred Gwynn was the actor's name and he played Herman Munster. Very good for knowing that. Thanks for a millennial to know that. I mean, that's really outstanding. Uh, by the way just a moment of silence uh, Eddie Haskell died the other day did you yeah. see that mm-hmm. Eddie Haskell died from Leave it to Beaver the subject of one of the great debates I ever had with my dear friend Mick Dumkey. Mick Dumkey did not know who Eddie Haskell was and then he got irritated at, Whoa, wait, it's Friday we're throwing Mick Dumpke under a bus it's premature yeah, get it early get okay. it in early <laughs> He didn't know. He had this great debate. at a We are at a restaurant, and I made a reference to Eddie Haskell, and he didn't know who he was. And I'm like, you don't know who Eddie Haskell is? Yeah, he's
0: older than me, and I know who Eddie ha- know. Haskell is. I know. It's
1: inexcusable that Mick Dunkey would not know who Eddie Haskell is. And then Mick got a little irritated. He goes, you know, not everyone, Ben, knows your little baby boomer references. It was kind of a pretty good quick counterpunch. So then I said, I will prove to you that everybody knows who Eddie Haskell is. I'm going to ask the waitress. Did you know that waitress did not know who Eddie asked? Well, Mick... I don't think I've ever seen McDonkey so happy. Ha uh, ha! My case has been proven. Anyway, where was I? Oh! So, uh,. Uh, judge Michael McCaney is his name. He ruled in favor of uh, D.B., uh, and now D.B. is back in court. He wants to extend the ruling so that everybody in the state of Illinois is free of any obligation to uh, protect each other, one another, uh, from this virus. So let me read to you this uh, very interesting opinion um, by the judge. This is Judge McCaney, Remind me, D., Never to get pulled over for anything in Clay County because I have to come before this judge. He sees someone from Chicago. Good God! Will throw me in jail so fast. Get in jail, you mother beep. Uh, where's where's the I didn't. You know I circled it. Oh, here we go. So it was at a hearing. Let's give uh, credit to John Seidel, federal court reporter for the Sun Times. Uh, he's the one who dug this out. So there was at a, There was a hearing, and the state showed up to contend that there is a serious health. Issue at stake here and that is the reason why jb pritzker issued his ruling it wasn't just some frivolous thing that jb came up with because he wanted to be a tyrant because he wanted to enrage MAGA hat wearers everywhere because he wanted people to to dash out to the thompson center with their what nazi signs and swastika signs no he had a there's a health considerations he was taking into account all right. So uh, the state was saying we're going to bring on uh, some health experts to talk about why J.B. Pritzker made uh, that decision. And here is what Judge McCaney, the learned Judge McCaney, had to say, quote, I don't need to hear two days of testimony from a medical expert that if these executive orders aren't continued, the world is going to end. I don't need to hear that. This is a legal issue, a legal argument on whether this governor had the authority to issue this executive order under Illinois law and pursuant to the Illinois Constitution, period. That ain't hard. You know, he was mad when he said ain't, huh? That ain't hard. That's plain speaking, D. All right, now, so in other words, he just like throws the health issues aside. All that matters is the law. And the law says that the governor needs, according to his reading, needs the legislature to approve any stay-at-home ruling. Now, generally, as you know, I'm very favorable to the notion that we have a a system of checks and balances, and so J.B. Pritzker should turn to the legislature and get their approval. I don't know why he didn't do that. I mean, let's face it, it's Democratic Senate. It's not going to be like uh, Wisconsin, where the Republicans will defy the governor, even if it's exposing people to illness and perhaps death. Uh, We we have some sane, we have a relatively sane system here in Illinois, because it's run by Democrats. And uh, so they would probably uphold his order, so then there would be no case to be filed. But it's really bizarre, having said all that, that the Judge McKinney would so frivolously throw aside all health considerations, as though that is completely irrelevant. It's almost like he's disdainful of it. And I've come to the conclusion, D, that a lot of, people in the state of Illinois, I'm going to say a lot of MAGA hat wearers do not believe that the coronavirus is a serious virus. They don't believe that COVID-19 is a serious disease. I'm thinking about this. Why don't they Don't they believe this? Now, there's the Candace Castillo uh, argument. Candace Castillo guest on the show. Uh, her opinion is that when the initial stories broke and it showed that uh, black people were dying at a higher rate than white people, that many people concluded white people can't die from this disease, which is a really insane conclusion to draw from that. But that's uh, Candace's opinion. I have another theory. Uh, my theory is because the virus itself is so small, you can't see it, they don't think it's real. I think there's some of that. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine before the show today about this, uh, my dear friend Milo Samarjo, who's been on this show, and Milo has a relevant story that kind of uh, under supports this theory. Uh, by the way, we're going to bring Milo. I'm going to talk Milo into returning to the show for Memorial Day. But back in the 60s, uh, Milo was drafted and sent to Vietnam. And after training, uh, he was sent home to Gary for a little rest before he was shipped off to Vietnam. And he bumped into an old friend of his. Maury is his friend's name. And Maury was... Uh, was trying to reassure Milo. And he said to Milo, Milo, I know you're going to Vietnam. I know there's a war going on there, but don't worry about it. Those Vietnamese, Vietnamese, you ever see them? They're really small. They're only about this big. And he pointed to, he had his hand out like at his waist. Like somehow or other, because his notion of Vietnamese is that they were short people, it wouldn't be a dangerous situation. Like, uh, Maury, I want to point out, the Vietnamese have guns, so even if you're short and you have a gun it's a pretty scary thing but his notion was that because they were short it wasn't dangerous we're gonna have to bring milo in to tell that story it's a pretty funny story and uh, milo had enough sense not to believe uh, maury i wish that judge McHaney and darren bailey had as much sense as my dear friend milo we got a great show today hey Milo I know you're listening you're coming back next week we're gonna do a lot of we're gonna talk about reefer we're gonna talk about uh Jimi hendrix we're gonna talk about uh serving in the, the army during the vietnam war we're talking about politics all that good stuff I'm gonna drag Milo back on the show uh but we today we have a great show Ramona Hussein. oh my god she's all fired up she wants we're gonna be talking about that Francis Parker thing we'll get into that a little bit lots of topics lots of political topics with Ramona Hussein. before we do that the young man from Alton the man they call Dr. Doobie with the news.
0: Hey guys, how's it going? Yeah, it's a Red Bull. (laughs) Ben, tell everybody about our Benny J bonus interviews that we have playing this weekend.
1: All right, let me just swallow this water and I will. Uh, Jeanette Taylor, uh, Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor. That'll be uh, Alder... What do you call Alderwoman Monday? Is it Alder Monday? No, Alder Monday. There you go. Uh, Alder Monday Jeanette Taylor. She was fired up yesterday and uh, talking politics, national and local. And uh, on, uh, we got David Ferris, uh, the learned political scientist from Roosevelt who is always trying to get the Democrats to play tough like Republicans. He's got his new book coming up. We'll talk about his new book. We'll also talk about Trump and Pelosi and the strategies to defeat Donald Trump and whether Joe Biden uh, is being uh, too... Soft in his fight against Donald Trump. All kinds of political stuff with David Ferris. Love talking with David Ferris. And uh, Eric Zorn, EZ, Pride and Joy of the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Eric Zorn, and he'll be on. And A I-
0: listener of the Ben Jarofsky Show.
1: Eric yeah. Zorn and Eric has uh, said that he would like to do it as a Zoom interview. So I'm going to keep my eye on that Zoom. I've learned my lesson. Yeah, dude. there's uh, a there's <laughs> a time
0: limit. We have to pay money for there to be more time, and we're not doing that. Dude.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, so okay, that, that's going to be that's a hell of a weekend lineup, man. Jeanette Taylor, Eric Zorn, and David Ferris. I, I'm really looking forward to.
0: You that. can download all these at both Chicago Sun Times and Chicago Reader websites, and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Are going to be available at about five a.m. All right, on Saturday. Sunday and Monday to hold you over until we come back in this ad. I can bring you more <laughs> new Ben Jarofsky shows. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For the fourth and final time this week.
1: Number, number four. four.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Actually, first up, some sad news. Ben, I don't know if you've heard this or not. Uh, you only read the paper. You barely go online. Uh, it says here, uh, today it was announced uh, that uh, Jerry Sloan died at the age of 78 from complications of Parkinson's disease and Lewy body dementia.
1: Yeah. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, thank you for saying I did see that. I was talking to Milo about that. Um, everybody knows, I'm getting a little choked up here. Everyone knows I'm a, a big-time Bulls fan. Jerry Sloan was part of the greatest backcourt, in, uh, in my opinion, and my beloved Norm Van Leer, uh, who was a friend of mine, and just a total court warrior, Norm Van Leer and Jerry Sloan. And uh, when I was a kid growing up at Evanston, uh, they were my heroes, particularly Norm Van Leer, and Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer were just, they were so tough, they were so hard-nosed, and they were parts of a Bulls team that was just good enough to break your heart, just good enough to get to the threshold, but not quite cross it. And D, I always say this, you know, I think winning is overrated in sports. I mean, I know that's funny for me because I've been—we uh, do a whole segment now about basketball and since the Last Dance, and uh, like everybody else, I was cheering Jordan. But you know, some of my favorite sports memories are rooting for teams that didn't win, and um, it's—you know—they always say, what is it? It's the uh, the journey, not the destination. Uh, so those Bulls teams with Jerry Sloan and. Norm Van Leer were are just still strong in my mind. And there was a story, I'll just tell this one story about Jerry Sloan and Norm Van Leer. Before they were in the same team, they were rivals. Sloan played for the Bulls and Norm Van Leer played for the Cincinnati Royals. And they got into a fight. Uh, that's how they were just these two tough guys. They got into a fight on the floor. They were kicked out of the game. And they went down the locker room and in the uh, hallway, going to the locker room, guess what? The fight continued. <laughs> Two tough guys. They played together, and they gave their heart and soul to the Chicago Bulls. So uh, my condolences to Jerry Sloan's family. Uh, He means a lot to a lot of old Bulls fans in the city of Chicago.
0: All right, moving on here. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot.
2: (laughs) What's more important, saving lives or getting a pedicure? It's cold out. Nobody's going to see your toes.
1: (laughs) What about a haircut? No, sorry.
0: No Lori jokes. Right now, as I attempt to sound like I know what I'm talking about, Mayor Lightfoot is in City Hall. She's conducting a video conference briefing about Chicago's game plan to reopen. Ben, I actually have it right here. Let's listen in live to a part of the mayor's conference.
2: ...has really shown through um, during this crisis. Uh, With that in mind... Um, I also want to take this time. All right,
0: turns out it sounds like crap. Wait, Timeout,
1: was that an ambulance? Yeah, I don't know what,
0: what the audio the deal is there.
2: College prep.
0: So I don't know what's going on I there. I don't know what well, but that gives you credit
1: for trying, man. Yeah, thanks. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you did that when you did that setup, I thought a joke is coming. Oh, he's gonna play Laurie Lightfoot. No, I you know, actually I, I like, will
0: walk you up. I, I've been trying to get a job at uh, BBM and that was gonna be my demo reel. <laughs> Hey. And uh well that didn't go over, over so well. Hey, let me
1: just throw it. Hey, B E Z. Come on, man. This guy's the most talented no, producer. I'm over B E Z. BBM. All right, BBM. He's the most talented producer, in the City of Chicago. And we'll still do the podcast if he gets the gig. Okay. Although I don't know. They may say to uh, look, there's that old hippie. Dead uh, <laughs> that old lefty. You <laughs> know, he already got fired from one AM station in this town. Just Distance your little social distancing from him
0: could probably help your career. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, as we were wrapping up yesterday's show, the news broke. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said on Thursday that unlike the rest of Illinois, city restaurants will not be ready to reopen to outdoor dining by May 29th, but said she hopes they will in June. I know, listeners, I'm just as upset as you. I as well cannot wait to get back to the days when you could sit on your ass somewhere and boss waiters and waitresses around with your six refills of Diet Coke and feed your face like a pig. Damn, I miss America. It looks like we're going to have to wait a little while longer. <laughs> and according to the Chicago Sun-Times and Tom Shuba, yes, Tommy Two Joints, restauranteurs are split on Lightfoot's move to keep patios closed. Ben, I have quotes from two tours. One is happy with Lightfoot's decision. The other, a little peeved. We'll read them both. Mm-hmm. We'll plug both restaurants for no charge. You're welcome. <laughs> and Ben... We'll see which one you'd rather eat at and which owner you agree with. Okay. How about that?
1: Oh, my God. I'm so (laughs) nervous right now. At (laughs) least you're not making me sing a song.
0: Shout out to uh, Tommy Two Joints for the story and the idea.
1: Tommy Shuba? (laughs)
0: Yes, the great sir. Tommy Shuba,
1: the legendary Tommy Shuba. Uh huh.
0: Apparently, not only Tommy two joints, Tommy two beats.
1: Uh, Tommy. <laughs> guy is the hardest working reporter in the city of Chicago. Tom <laughs> Shuba of the Chicago Sun Times, a proud graduate of Lincoln Park High School. Go ahead. Our go
0: first restaurant tour. Order up. <laughs> It's Doug Dunlay, the owner of the Smoke Daddy Restaurant, 1804 West Division in hipster, I mean, Wicker Park. (laughs) Uh, Tell you what, he loves crocodiles. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, No gators yet.
1: Oh, no gators.
0: Uh. Bro. (laughs) <laughs> Open since the summer of 1994, uh-huh. the Smoke Daddy okay. was the first of its kind to offer barbecue and free live music seven days a week in Wicker Park. Over the years, the New York Times, National Geographic, uh, Zagat Survey, Chicago Magazine, and the Chicago Social all rated the Daddy as having Chicago's best barbecue. They're. Wait. Co-
1: Time out. Is this in the Sun-Times? No, this is off their website. Oh, okay. My bad. I thought Tommy wrote this? Tommy Shuba? Okay, my bad. I just went Uh, to their website. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead.
0: Maybe I should have uh, prefaced that. Yeah. I went to the website and found this. Oh, uh, Hey, BBM, this guy can do research, okay? (laughs) Thanks. Uh, At uh, The Smoke Daddy, their concept is simple. Top quality barbecue, cold drinks, and music in a lively atmosphere. They smoke all of their meats in-house each day and take pride in offering the best ribs and pulled meats in town. A quick look at their menu, several styles of barbecue ribs, smoked meat sandwiches, mac and cheese, mm. fries, chili. You get it. It's Wait, about- what about chicken? Yeah, they got chicken as well. I love chicken. You get it. It's a barbecue restaurant, guys. It's the Smoke Daddy in Wicker Park. Google it. Order online and take it home. 773 227 25 Eight, three. The number is correct. 773-227-2583. <laughs> seven, seven, two, 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 You're
1: welcome, Smoke Daddy.
0: Hey, we got your back. The Smoke Daddy himself, owner Doug Dunlay, said when Mayor Lori Lightfoot told reporters that she doesn't think Chicago restaurants will be ready to reopen by next week, uh-huh. he felt as if she, quote, pulled the carpet out from under us. He went on here and said, I think it's short-sighted, and I think it's a slap in the face or a gut punch. Okay, which one is it? A slap in the (laughs) face or a gut punch? I would assume a gut punch. Which is worse, Ben? A gut punch or a slap in the face? It
1: could be a one-two combination. Ooh. Okay, she could have went, and then, I think the gut punch would be worse. I don't yeah, know. I've I, been punched in the gut. Yeah, yeah it, it, not it good, takes the man. wind out. Yeah, yeah, and a slap in the face, you can kind of walk by, but slap in the face and a gut punch.
0: I'm going uh, slap in the face, Dunlay. Anyway, Dunlay claimed the mayor's statements were vague and said he was frustrated that his restaurant is missing out on the spring and summer, which are vital seasons for his business. For now, Smoke Daddy has cut much of its staff and is focusing, like many restaurants, on takeout and delivery. Uh, we have more quotes here. He says, quote, it's not like we were all asleep. And then yesterday we were just told we can do this and we're going to scramble and not able to be prepared. We've been stocking up on masks and gloves and sanitizer. And we've been getting pat- uh, patrons to get in between booths for people to feel safe and for our employees to be safe as well.
1: Yeah, I uh, again, uh it was, I, I wouldn't go with the metaphor of the slap to the face or the punch to the stomach. I like the block the shot metaphor. So Dunlevy's like a little guard. Is that his name? Dunleavy? No, There was a guard named Dunlevy. Dunlay. Dunway's a little guard. Dunlay. Dunlay or way? Lay. L-A-Y. Okay. Like the chips. Dunlay uh, crossed over from his left to his right, Going right around his defender, going in for the layup, and Laurie Lightfoot just comes out of nowhere and blocks the shot. That's the metaphor I would use. Dunley, you're free to use it. Uh, you're free. You're free to uh, repeat it. You don't have to give me any credit, uh, so I can appreciate what he's think about it. D. Uh, I do. I've never been to his restaurant, by the way. I have to tell you that right now, so I have no idea if, if it's as good as his website says it is. But I assume. My guess is I wouldn't be surprised. Let's put it that way. If he had purchased food uh meat to you know (laughs) meat (laughs) to cook up for june 1st and now he's stuck with all his meat what's gonna do with it yeah i mean i don't know if that's the case but i wouldn't be surprised if that were the case that's part of the planning that i was talking about now my wife's in business the hairdressers they make appointments you make reservations and then when the city or the state tells you that no in fact you can't open you have to call back all the people that you made the appointments with and you have to reschedule and uh, this continues it gets you know it's frustrating but it's not as bad as if you have to buy meats you know what i'm saying you buy the meats and they're going bad so you're stuck with them so i can really appreciate his frustration and uh i presume i Again, I shouldn't make any presumptions, but that part of some of these bailout plans that the feds are passing would protect uh, business owners like him from these, pur- you know, from uh, the meat going bad that they purchased. So I would hope they would, anyway. And um, so I do share his frustration. The I'm not a MAGA hat wearer, but I, t- you know, I take serious the uh, impact that this has had on small businesses. I really do, particularly restaurants. So my heart goes out to the dude.
0: All right, so that was the Smoke Daddy, Tommy Two
1: Joints, rolls on. See what I did there? Yeah. Can I just say, hey, BEZ, stop blaming the hippie, radical, lefty for Dr. D, all right? Come that on. guy's good, man. I got puns, man.
0: <laughs> but Tommy Two Joints rolls on and says, however, not all restauranteurs are so hot to trot. Like Dave Miller, co-owner
1: of Baker Miller. Wait, time out. Did... Did Tommy write that hot to trot? Yeah, he wrote hot to trot. Okay.
0: I just. Hey, wanted... he's not he's got a job. Quit putting him over. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: see I, I at wanted me. to make sure that be, Come on, BZ. That's holler so at unfair. Me. You know, you're holding against him because I'm such a wacko left, though. Come on. I, he's not the one who says bad things about TIFFs. Wait a minute, D. Let me ask this. Tom. Okay, just want to make sure because the last time I thought you were quoting Tommy and it was really just the. Uh, uh, the internet. So he, Tom wrote Hot to Trot. Go
0: ahead. Okay. He wrote Hot to Trot. All right. Let's talk about Dave Miller, co owner of Baker Miller, 4655 North Lincoln Avenue in Lincoln Square. Mm-hmm. This location, now, this is from the website. This location has a bakery kitchen as well as a full savory kitchen where they serve breakfast and lunch. They have about 40 seats inside and another 40 seats on the back patio that's open. Well, (laughs) I guess not right now when the weather is nice. Uh, A quick look at their menu. We got the fisherman's biscuit with salmon. Sounds pretty good, huh? Grits, biscuits and gravy, avocado toast. I love avocado and if that wasn't enough, Ben, they have a meal called The Bin.
1: No, they don't. <laughs> yes,
0: they do. It's a $10 breakfast biscuit.
1: <laughs> Why did they name it The Ben? Ah, so the bin—they got that going on there. If it was, they should name the avocado toast the Benny.
0: Their lunch isn't really anything to go home and write about, to be honest. All right, they got BLTs and salads. It's Baker Miller Cafe, forty-six fifty-five. Wait, wait, what's the matter with salads? <laughs> I mean, they're good and all. You can get a salad anywhere, right?
1: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with salads. I mean, didn't say like oh. salads suck. Wait. BZ, don't hold that against him, okay? BZ loves salad, all oh, right, you D. You know they love salad. He he really does like. It's just a joke, BZ. Don't hold that against them. <laughs> BZ, it's- man, I know they hold me against you. It's so unfair. Go ahead, D. <laughs> it's
0: Baker Miller Cafe, forty six fifty five North Lincoln in the Lincoln Square. 773-654-3610 seven, 773-654-3610 seven, <laughs> the the seven, seven, Order <laughs> a biscuit Order the bin Okay, we got quotes Dave Miller of Baker Miller said Those pushing to reopen now are actually in the minority Miller credited Lightfoot for, quote, making decisions that are best for the city and viewing the city as separate from the state. He goes on to say, quote, I think it shows a lot of wisdom and I really respect Lightfoot's decision. Uh, Miller's restaurant has found some success pivoting to a takeout spot, and he's in no rush to open his dining room or that patio we were just talking about. Deeply concerned about continued spread, he said Baker Miller likely won't reopen until a vaccine or herd immunity mm. is developed. Uh, one more quote here. Uh, he says, "Just because the law lets you doesn't mean it's wise and that consumers are going to do it. That's the thing that these people are pushing for. But I don't really get the point because consumers are not going to eat out on a patio. Benny Jay. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on the two tour statements? And way less importantly, which restaurant would you like more?
1: Well, I have a confession to make. Okay. And it's a confession uh, that uh, also covers you. And you don't realize this. Okay. But um, I have been, I've been a consumer. What's the, the Miller's? Is that what it's called? The bakery?
0: Baker Miller Yeah, Baker
1: Miller. I know where it is. It's on Lincoln Avenue. and You've uh, been? I've never, okay, this is. Uh, it's a the confession is greater than <laughs> I've never actually been to the restaurant, and this kind of pr- it will underscore the point I'm about to make. I've never been to the restaurant itself, so I've never uh, actually had any of the the entrees that you were just talking about, the delicious salad, for instance. Never had that, but since the uh, the COVID outbreak, since the stay at home rule, I have gone to that takeout. And I've purchased loaves of bread that they make there and you, my friend, have enjoyed those You're loaves of bread. You're kidding me. Those, that bread's good. Yeah. That bread that my wife every day makes for you with the like What does she put in yours? She puts peanut butter in yours. Butter bread. and jelly. Butter and but but then it, in the afternoon it's the peanut butter shit. God, life is good in the attic, huh? That's bread for millers, man. So So here here's the reality. The reality is this. Two things. One, the location. He's on the north side, uh, the Miller guy. Northsiders love Lori Lightfoot. There's just something about being in the north side. I didn't go. put that
0: together, but totally true. This you know, is the north sider. I love wow.
1: Lori Lightfoot. That's, I mean, I want to like Lori Lightfoot, but it's just like when everybody moves one way, I'm my instinct is to go the other way. You know. The other thing is that... Number, number two. <laughs> I mean, let's... Let's, let's look at this, the two situations here. And I don't know either gentleman. I may have purchased Loaves of Bread from... Uh, Baker Miller. Baker I, Miller. Oh, You know, it's funny. You talk about how my brain works. Every time you say his name is Dave Miller, I want to say, no, it's Dave Matthews because there's a rock band named Dave Matthews. It's Steve Miller. But in fact, he's taken two gr- rock bands and put them together. Uh, so uh, Dave Miller. I, I've never met the man. I don't know him. I don't know the other dude, Dunley or whatever his name is, or is it dunlay i got yeah, it right yeah Dunley. so i don't know either one of them but i'm just saying it one's on the north side the other's in wicker park they love larry life on the north side that's number one number two miller's open he's selling loaves of bread man you that bread goes fast and it's dr d will tell you it's good he's wolfing it down every day all right and so, it's true my wife is running over to get more bread guilty uh so you know the the impact is harder on the ribs guy than the bread guy. The bread guy is doing a nice business. So it's easier for him to say, you know what? We should all go along because it's for our health concerns. And that's that's kind of a point we've been making from the get-go, D. You know what I'm saying? It's easy for like if you are at stay-at-home, you're, you haven't lost your job, your business allows you to work from home, it's easy for you to sit in judgment of somebody who is really getting crushed by this stay-at-home uh, rules and orders. It's really easy to be in judgment of them and ha- hold them in contempt because you're not paying the price for it. That's the point I've tried to make all along. And I think Bob Diver did a great job. my favorite Democrat in the state of Illinois, Bobby D from Madison County. he did a good he made a good point about that. You know, it's a complicated situation. So, yeah, it's easier for a baker who is operating a thriving takeout business where people literally line up to buy the loaves of bread, D. And it's delicious bread, so I'm not hating on the guy, all right? Then the rib dude who just bought all these ribs and wants to open up. So, I mean, one guy's really hurting and the other guy's not hurting as much. So it's easy for the guy who's not hurting as much to say, come on, guy who's hurting, fall in line. And I'm like, oh. Well, you know, it's easy for just recognize this, people. Just we're not all perfect. You know what I'm saying? We're not. Some of us have flaws, okay, myself included. So in general, I just say show a little empathy for the guy who runs the Rip Place. And uh, just like Chicagoans, I think you should show a little empathy for J.B. Pritzker. I mean it's like lori lightfoot issues ultimatums and everybody in the north side worships her jb pritzker issues uh, ultimatums and half the state geographically speaking is up in arms with their MAGA hats so it's just like different situations for different people in this uh pandemic
0: i'm <laughs> not a perfect person all right ben so So anyway, we're about to go out to eat and, uh, you know, uh, people are like, Ben, which restaurant you want to go to? We got this Baker Miller or we got uh, the Smoke Daddy. Ben, you get to pick. Where are you picking?
1: Oh, that's really tough, man. Um, I'm open to bribes, by the way. Either restaurant wants to advertise the Ben Bedroski show. Uh, (laughs) It's not how it works. Oh, it's not how it works. (laughs) No, I'm I. I I have to say uh, I'm more of a I see, but I don't like ribs. So, you know, I'm not a ribs guy at all.
0: I'm going going Baker Miller. I love breakfast food. And a confession, I don't like barbecue at all. Yeah, I'm... Really? I don't. You don't like barbecue? It's messy. And, like, it's the last thing I want to eat now with all this going on. You know I mean? Very messy. Uh, It's not a big fan.
1: My dear friend Cap uh, is... I get my barbecue when I go to his house. I haven't been to his house in a long time. It's one of the things I really miss. We'd be watching the basketball games, and he makes... Delicious barbecue chicken. So uh I I'm with you. I'm not into barbecue ribs at all. So I'm not like so if the guy had to chicken, we keep talking about the pulled sandwiches, so I don't know if he has real chicken. So I don't know. I'm gonna uh say I'm gonna I'm not gonna I'm gonna go to Luella's, which is right down the street from well, you can't do that. Oh, okay, I love their friend They fried named chicken.
0: a uh, there's a thing called the bin, all right?
1: You should go with pick All and right. Luella's. Listen, I love Baker. I gave him an endorsement on their bread is unbelievably delicious. So, uh, all right, I'll go to Miller's. Is that his name, Miller's? (laughs) I don't even know the name of the place. The bakery is what I call it. I'll go to Miller's Bakery. Okay, you twisted my arm. Let's go there. I'm hungry, man. There you go. We Uh, got a show to do. (laughs) We're closing down the show early today. I'm hungry. Hey, how
0: about that for a Friday podcast segment, huh? (laughs) All right, now let's check back in on that crappy audio on uh, the mayor's press briefing. Worst okay it sounds even
1: worse wait hold on <laughs> indiana wants me lord i can't go back there. i don't know
0: what that means all right in other city news ben wanted me to mention this one oh. the headline reads condo owners allege francis w parker school tried to fraudulently take over their building and called the move quote morally bankrupt and the chicago sun times mitch dudek writes condo owners on thursday vented about a lawsuit that they filed against the elite francis Francis W. Parker School (laughs) Francis W. Parker School for allegedly carrying out a quote, covert scheme to take control of their Lincoln Park building and make it part of the school campus. The building is just west of the Lincoln Park Zoo and the suit alleges that Parker committed fraud by using straw buyers to hide its ownership of six units in the building.
1: Yeah, I have been following this. The the Tribune uh, was the one who broke this story i forget when and now my beloved bright one is uh writing the story as well there was also an article in the Tribune today about this and uh i as, as part of my assignment to give it uh, to Romana to talk about because Romana hussein loves weighing in on <laughs> the hypocrisy of rich white people it's one That's of her correct. favorite topics i always enjoy it when she does that but i, I just i find this this what Wow. Yeah, okay, it's just an allegation. Let me back up. The Just an allegation, okay? That's a, a lawsuit. Wait, did
0: you say just an alligator?
1: Uh, I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. You know, I remember I always called it a crocodile, but you're right, it's an alligator. Not a crocodile, Ben. It's a gator. Gator got your granny. Uh, gator gate, that's what we called it. Um, so, you know, it's just an allegation in a lawsuit. That said, wow. wow. I'm just like, you know, Francis Parker... I don't know if people know this, but it's a really upscale private school in the north side of Chicago. I think at the Tribune quoted the tuition is $40,000 a year. That's a lot of money. $40,000 a year. So if, let's do that. D, you're better at math than I am. Oh, uh, so okay. okay. I did go to the Daniel Biss math... Uh- <laughs> training camp let's get db in the studio uh two dbs darren bailey danny piss hadn't thought of that uh so it'd be about four if you go from kindergarten all the way to high school you're talking 500 grand and that's without the uh just for one kid and that's without tuition going up so it's a very expensive school and i know i've few no friends of mine down for the years uh have gone to francis parker and they're very proud sort of a progressive education uh, holistic education, you know, trying to get kids just stick to the whole world, and, you know. Uh, and, but man, it's just like all the things that you teach kids goes out the window when you're wheeling and dealing. You know what I'm saying? They, I mean, what a power play. Let folks, find, if, if they're, what they're saying is true, they want the building to expand their campus, the building down the street close to their school. They want that building to expand their campus. The The condo owners don't want to sell. They like living there. It's a nice building right near Lincoln Park. You can't blame them. So what do they do? They get straw buyers to buy units. Eventually, they'll take control of the condo board, and then they'll vote to sell. I mean, it's like something out of Donald Trump's playbook, you know, and... Well, I don't know. I can't say this, that the good people of Francis Parker are uh, not for Trump. I'm sure there's a lot of Trump supporters at Francis Parker. It reminds me of a few years back, Latin School, uh, another uh, very expensive private school in the north side. In fact, Latin and Parker, there's a rivalry. Did you know this? There's no. There's a rivalry between Latin and Parker. I once went to a bass basketball- News to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Latin. Okay, they're each on Clark Street. And Parker is closer to Fullerton, 2400 North. And Latin is closer to North Avenue. There are these uh, two very well-connected, wealthy, private schools that have been around forever. Uh, they're, maybe years ago, they had like different philo- educational philosophies. I think they're lost to time. But I rem- Latin wanted to have a soccer field in Lincoln Park. I, I wrote about this a lot, about 10 years ago. And so they just used their clout to get the park district to build a soccer field for them, uh, to turf it over, and there was an outcry from residents. And you no, know, there's, hey, what about democracy? What about due process? This is days of Mayor Daly, man, park district did whatever he wanted. So I would write stories, you know, ripping Latin for what they did, and then of course being on the north side, northsiders love Mayor Daly. I got nothing but heat for that. D, huh, how could you say anything against Mayor Daly? Much very similar to the attitude. North just fall in line with whoever the mayor is. They just love their mayors. Anyway, so, um, yeah, these powerful schools think they could do absolutely anything. And I just, I was like, what about the values? What do you, how are you going to teach this in a civics class to your kids at Francis Parker? You know, what, you, what is the lesson you're going to want part to the kids of Francis Parker? What, might makes right? If you got the money and you can buy it? Tough luck? Is that the lesson for the day for the kids? I just, uh, I got to get uh, Romana Hussein's on this. This one really popped out at me, D. I read this story in the paper. I'm like, this is a classic rules for the not for me story, you know? It's uh, the
0: Francis W. Parker School 773-353-3000. <laughs> if you would like to enroll your child into that program or school. Wait, correct. Time out. Did you, is that the actual phone number? Yeah, I looked it up.
1: Hey, PZ. Huh? Seriously, guys, I'm desperate. <laughs> huh? I'm sick of these damn SpaghettiOs. Let me, let me just say something else. I know there may be some Francis Parker's grads who work at WBEZ. Don't hold it against him, okay? He had nothing to do. He never even heard of Francis Parker. I'm the one who told him, to, let's talk about this story, all right? So don't hold it against him. Anyway, I, let me just really fast tell you. I went to this show. One school is called the Colonels. Francis Parker, I think they're the Colonels. And the other ones, the Romans, I think. Don't quote me on this. I never they, do. And they went at it. I was at the big game. I, I don't know, it's a long story why I was there. I was like, they're going at it. The crowd, yeah, yeah. It was a big showdown event, Dave. Why were vine. you there? All right, you asked. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to look out for you. You know, it was in the up. '90s, and uh, <laughs> some random guy happened going to actually, high school games. Th- no, this happened more than once. I was known in the '90s uh as the guy who loves sports and a lot i there's a lot of people out there d believe it or not like they don't like sports and for whatever reason they wouldn't want to take their kid to a game so it's like well go ask ben he'll go so this kid wanted to go to the game maybe the dad couldn't go i don't know i don't know why but they wanted someone to take so they asked me if i would take the kid he was like seventh grade he wanted to go to the game i said sure i'll go see this game you know once so I saw the cur- the Colonels versus the Romans Whoa. showdown on the lakefront. Rich schools. <laughs> so anyway, it was like, uh have you ever see the TV show Gossip Girl? I've heard of it. Uh, well, my uh, wife and daughters loved Gossip Girl, but it was like a scene out of Gossip Girl. Like, oh,
0: my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Uh. All
0: right, and finally it's the, the uh, <laughs> I can't talk. And finally, it's the follow-up that former Illinois Senate John Cullerton was so happy oh. we forgot about sometimes Chuck Newber, thanks for this. In his final days as Illinois Senate President, John Cullerton apparently transferred $92,000 from a political account he controlled to the campaign funds of two, count them two, Senate colleagues targeted by federal prosecutors his distant cousin, Thomas Cullerton, and Marty Sandoval. Uh. Ben, give us a little background here.
1: Ah, the good old days when corruption was, was that Broken to Sun times? I yeah, miss I that sometimes. Yeah, uh, but you know that internet thing. I'll probably see to my beloved bright one home delivered on Sunday. Anyway, yeah, man, we we talked about Marty Sandoval, the uh, Southwest Side state senator, got caught up in some. I can't even remember what the scamming scheme was. D. It's been so long ago. We sure rode that horse for a while. You know. I, now I can't remember some kind of sleazy corruption deal. I can't remember
0: Thomas Cullerton. I got I got some information okay. here on Cullerton. Thomas Cullerton, who got thirty two thousand dollars in January, had pleaded not guilty to federal charges accusing him of taking two hundred seventy four thousand dollars in salary and benefits for a no-show teamster job sandoval who got sixty thousand dollars had just resigned his senate seat and days later pleaded guilty to taking two hundred fifty thousand dollars in bribes and filing a false income tax return
1: yeah that's up to no good just uh and uh so Collerton looking out for them until the very end. he kicked over so that they could use that money to pay their legal bills i'd say
0: that's yeah, yeah yes, that's what it did. Mm-hmm. You know
1: what? Where's Adolfo Mondragon? We need him. Uh, Adolfo, uh, our election lawyer expert, uh, is one of his um, pet peeves is when legislators do this when they take campaign money and use it for expenses not related related to a campaign. Uh, and this part of the problem in the state of Illinois. Well, it's the part of the problem everywhere. Uh, When you're a powerful incumbent, John Cullerton, let me just back up for a second. John Cullerton is no longer the state senator, he retired. Uh, and uh, but for years he was unbeatable in the north side of Chicago. It's like classic north side attitude. Remember, I talked about they revere Lori Lightfoot. Northsiders fall in love with their legislators, and you know, they just that's it. They so they loved him. He was unbeatable. I don't know if anybody even ran against him. If he did, he just clobbered them. So if you were giving money to John Cullerton, it was not to like legitimately uh, defend himself. Or to against a reelection challenge, it was just to shower him with money to show him how much you loved him. Maybe right, Uh, and he also ran a property tax appeal business. Remember that, Mm Dee? So those are my beloved Democrats in the city of Chicago. John Cullerton was bringing him money. So I often, you know, we so desperately need campaign uh, financing reform in this country. It's just completely out of control, and it's absurd. And when we try to reform it in here, in the state of Illinois, we somehow or other made it more perverted so that wealthy people like Pritzker and Rauner can underwrite their campaign and just blow through the caps that we imposed on on them. And, uh, but then I just want to say this, all you MAGA hat wearers out there, you know, before you say, yeah, right on, Ben, tell it like it is about Democrats. It's the Republican party that fights the hardest against campaign reform on their argument bizarre and twisted that it is that somehow or other if you impose limits on wealthy people and corporations uh that's thwarting their first amendment rights which is a c- totally contrived argument that uh they came up with to justify the hold that they have on our system so that makes it almost impossible to have re- legitimate reform so then we have the situation where people give all this money to colorton he doesn't can't even possibly spend it these Usually running unopposed or against some guy who has no chance to beat him, and then he can just kick it off, you know, to Marty Sandoval. So Marty Sandoval could defend himself, pay his bills, or Tommy Cullerton. So, yeah, there's this story illustrates so much that is wrong with the way politics is funded in our state and in our country.
0: Within days after they got the money, records show both men uh, made sizable payments to their defense lawyers, though using campaign contributions to defend themselves against criminal charges is legal. Aaron McKean, a lawyer for the Campaign Legal Center, a national elections watchdog group, says, quote, it is unseemly to see campaign funds be used for legal defense especially when the situation is egregious. Campaign donors can rightly look at this and say that's not how they wanted their contributions to be used. The cash came from the Senate Democratic Victory Fund, which John Cullerton established and controlled, according to state records, to, quote, elect Democratic candidates to the Illinois State Senate. Such funds typically are set up by party leaders to finance favored candidates. Thomas Cullerton and Sandoval weren't candidates at the time. They received the money in January. Thomas Cullerton is not up for re-election until 2022. Sandoval already had resigned effective January 1st. In a report, the Senate Democratic Fund filed April 15th with the Illinois State Board of Elections. Each of the payments was labeled a, quote, contributions refund.
1: Yeah, I, uh, D- Duffel Mondragon would take issue with that uh, statement that it's, uh, it's, it's legal. He would argue that it's illegal. It's just that he s- seems to get uh, rulings against him when he takes it to court. Well, it's not the first time. Maybe he should go get that uh, judge, Michael McHaney. He seems to hate Democrats. Maybe he would rule on your behalf, Adolfo, uh, the downstate judge who doesn't uh, think that uh, coronavirus is a serious health hazard. Uh, suddenly, he's not a, not only a legal expert; he's a medical expert. But uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I. I think uh, Dolfo has a point. I'm not quite sure it's legal. They're just getting away with it, which is not the same thing, by the way.
0: All right, everybody, that's the local news here. Oh, wait, President Donald Trump would like to weigh in. And I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward
1: negative. Right. So now I tested uh, perfectly this morning, (laughs) meaning meaning I tested negative. (laughs) Hey, man, you know, he, he's dyslexic. He gets it mixed up, all Wait, right? Vice President Biden has a rebuttal?
0: Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. Oh, boy, that didn't make sense either. What say you, random hipster? I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh,
1: no gators yet, though. Oh, wow. What does Rom say? I don't have the clip right <laughs> Oh, okay. I love it when he does that. I, I, I rode my bike around the lake. Nobody said anything to me about health care. Thanks, Rob. For me. That's hilarious, man. By the way, I just want to say this. Dems out there, uh, when the Republicans hit you with the uh, commercials making fun of Biden, you know, that that the demented party, that's their big push. They're going to try to scare swing voters in Wisconsin into somehow believing that Biden has less going on upstairs than Trump, which is an interesting argument to make if you're a Republican. Good luck with that one. Uh, Dems, my advice, play that trumpet. Just call us up. We got it. We'll help you out there, all right? And WBZ, come on. Don't hold it. Against, you see what he just did? How masterful that is? Come on, man. Just because I'm an old lefty hippie guy, don't hold it against my man.
0: Wait, Mayor Rom, where did you ride your bike again?
1: <laughs> I just biked around Lake Michigan. Holy cow. Oh, I got it. How far was Nearly it? Nearly 1,000 miles. Oh, okay. Thanks, Rahm. <laughs> Take a chill pill, man. Okay, Rah- Mayor Rahm. Good job, Chicago electing that guy
0: all right everybody we're moving on here we're going to take a little break and when we come back our favorite sun times editor sorry to all the other ones but it's true Ramana hussein will be joining us for another romana rundown she's going to give us recommendations because we're all at home just waiting to do something so be uh, on the lookout for that we'll be right back it's the ben Jarofsky show and yes we are live from ben's attic
1: Touching. All right.
2: Correct. When people want proof that the world ain't flat, we'll just give them their money back. Oh yeah! Take a chill pill, man. Take a chill pill, man.
0: I love puppies. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show.
1: Live from Ben Zanuck. It's Friday. That means the Ramana Rundown. Ramana Hussein, editor, columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. I keep emphasizing the column part of that because she's a (laughs) great columnist. uh, In addition to being a great editor, she's got a powerful voice, and uh, she's not afraid to say things as she sees them. Are you safe and sound, Ramana? Yeah.
2: I I just uh, went on a run and uh, just finished Adam off today. So that's why I was running in the afternoon.
1: Good for you. Getting exercise in. I'm going to take my walk later tonight. Lots of things I want to talk about with Romano. You sent me something about Joe Biden. I haven't time to read about it, so I'm going to let you lead on that one. To Joe Biden, something about Joe Biden.
2: Well, well, I read it really quick.
1: Uh, and I just want to, yeah, go ahead. and then. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Francis Parker School. Already mentioned that. Get her take on that one. Romano loves riffing on rich white people doing weird things. Get, get her thoughts on that. Uh, the, love the, North, the, the love the the love that Northsiders have for Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, we'll talk about that. And um, Amy Jacobson. This is an interesting story that I haven't been following. News personality Amy Jacobson and uh, Governor Pritzker's attitude toward her. We're going to talk about that. But before we do any of that, on a personal level, let's just take a moment to reminisce about a friend of both of ours who passed on last week. I don't know if we talked about him. Albert Dickens, I wrote a tribute to him uh, in this week's Reader. Very influential man in my life back in the 70s. I don't even know if you were born yet, uh, Ramona. You were very young. I,
2: I, I was... I. I was born in the early 70s, so I was alive, but I didn't, you know, it was interesting when I read your story because I knew Albert, you know, as as someone who was a lot older and he was older than you, yeah. you know, he was there was a generational difference, but you knew him at a different time in his life and I knew him in a different time in his life. And I remember, um, you know, an editor was telling me the first time he saw Albert was the way you described him with the afro and wearing a dashiki and it just. I was like, really, Albert? <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, Albert, Um, you know, my dad was alive. He was closer to my dad's age. So he's kind of like, for someone like me, he was like, uh, kind of like, you saw him as this older father figure. But, it, you know, your stories were completely different. And people have described Albert me as the way you described him. So it was interesting to see your take. I didn't know you hung out with him.
1: Yeah, this was many years ago in the 1970s. I just graduated from college uh, and I came home to Evanston and I got a job as a copy boy for the Chicago Daily News. Uh, I was very young and very impressionable. And as I've said on the show many times, I had a very sheltered upbringing in Evanston. I was a total mama's boy. Uh, so now I'm here on my own, living on, uh, in Chicago and working at the Chicago Daily News. And I met Albert, who was about 40 at the time, uh, and is, was one of the most, how do I explain this? Uh, he was one of the hippest guys I ever met. And uh, in so many, his record, he had a North Northside, uh, a bachelor's pad. He had the most incredible record collection and jazz and classical, and and, and he smoked reefer, and I was going through that phase <laughs> in my life. So, yeah, I met him at the uh, Daily News, and uh, I would hang out at his house occasionally. We'd play his music, and we'd get high, and we would just talk about all kinds. I just thought he was the coolest guy in the world, and... Uh, you know, we went our separate ways when the daily daily news folded and I didn't see him again until I came back to the sun times or I started my podcast at the sun times in the good old days when we got to go to the office and there was Albert and we had aged so much. And I was just kind of shocking to see him as an older man. And that's the guy you knew, you know what I mean? The older guy. And I knew the young rambunctious guy, uh, who, uh, was super cool. He could
2: still be ram. He could still be rambunctious, you know. So, uh, but it just—I just knew him in a different way. So it was interesting to read, and you know, just you know, he's definitely gonna, you know, I guess there's someone who is like, you know, could be, could is like closer to like you know my parents' age. He's even older than my mom. My mom's not even seventy.
1: Yeah, so, he was eighty-two when he died. You know.
2: Yeah, so he was even older than if my dad was alive. So and, he was someone that was older.
1: And here's,
2: so he it, it, it was just a nice person just a really nice
1: person and one last part before we move on uh when when i knew him he was um not open about his sexuality sexual preference he was uh i didn't know he was gay and that's what i deal with this the story what's that
2: yeah i didn't either so it's not like he was someone that would talk about it i guess you know to use a stereotypical word he wasn't flamboyant about it he didn't talk about it and then when someone told me I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, I didn't know he was gay either. So,
1: so yeah. And then it, that, t- it turns wasn't out like that
2: you were the only one.
1: I, it turns out I have a dear friend from back in the eighties, make it even more confusing, who was uh, one of our who, uh, who was a lover of Albert in the seventies. So it's like all my worlds were coming together, and uh, I saw this guy make mention of it on Facebook. Anyway, uh, anybody wants to read more; they can read small my
2: small world. Yeah, it's
1: a very, very small world, uh, Kevin Spicer. If you're out there, right on. All right, let's move on to the news. Let's start with Amy Jacobson. Uh, this is an interesting story uh and uh, you put a challenge to me when we were talking about it before we went on air but why don't you just give folks uh sort of like uh the 101 of this story the basics of this particular story
2: well the basics and i probably haven't read that much about it i've just read like briefs and you know snippets basically amy jacobson who is a former tv reporter in chicago she works for um a Radio station now that I think I think it's okay for me to say that it's a conservative radio station. Anyway, she was um, at an open Illinois rally where she spoke, and um, at this rally there was pe- there were people holding uh, posters that were clearly um, with Nazi symbols and you know a lot of uh, rhetoric. I guess that a lot of people would say that is clearly anti-Semitic. So she would come to these um, Governor Pritzker press conferences, I believe, and uh, she was told that she wasn't invited um, because she went to this open Illinois rally, which clearly shows that she's not showing her journalistic, I guess, integrity coming to this rally because she's clearly taking a side. And so she tweeted something about that, like, oh, I guess I'm officially not allowed or I'm officially barred from the rally. And so then it kind of opened a can of worms with this discussion. So a lot of people were talking about it this week. Um, I was just saying to you, um, I don't think I, I think it's safe to say that I would never be at a rally where <laughs> there was Nazi per- paraphernalia. So I can understand the anger. And, you know, Governor Pritzker is um, Jewish and I can understand that. Um, why? And then, you know, she's come, clearly at a rally. I personally don't go to rallies anymore as someone who works in the journalism field. I know a lot of people feel differently. It's one thing if I went to a rally for like the Bulls winning, but I don't go to a political political rally as if it is, you know, I have friends and there's a lot of political um, ideas that I believe in. And, you know, I don't go to the Women's March. I know some people do, some reporters have. So my question is, um, if there was a reporter that, you know, worked for a more left-leaning you know, radio station or um, media organization, and they attended a rally, would they be barred from attending any sort of, you know, news conference? It's just a question I have, you know, as a journalist, because, you know, a lot of things that were just, you know, a lot of things that, I guess, epitomized journalism, like 20, 30, 40 years ago was all about objectivity. And that's kind of a little loose now these days. And so I'm not saying whether or not I defend Amy Jacobson. I'm just saying, like, do you think she do you think she should be allowed to come to a news conference again? I think uh, it's a good question.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, I didn't. You even you think it's a slippery slope? Yeah. I I'll put it to you this way. I'm going to break down the issues that you raised. The number one issue about the rally with the swastikas on the signs and. Uh, the Nazi slogans. And I believe that anybody who uh, of the MAGA hat persuasion, any Republican, right wing Republican, any Trump loving Republican has to owe it to themselves to come face to face and confront the reality that their party has not, I'm going to put this as euphemistically as I can, Ramana, has not distanced itself from this hate. And uh, we talk about this on the show all the time. It's not just the fact that you, show, you see uh, MAGA hat wearers with their uh, signs with the swastikas, which show a hatred of Jews, but they also have targeted everybody who's Muslim as yeah. somehow an enemy to this country. And they've targeted, now they're Asian Americans are enemies to this country. So the Republican Party has lost its way and my I would just say this to my friends of the Republican persuasion you owe it to yourself if you have any decency to have the guts to stand up to that hate and to tell Donald Trump John Trump that you got to distance yourself from it and that you're not a part of it so that would be my that's my first reaction to uh, who, Amy Jacobs who I don't know I never met it's like if you show up in a rally okay if you show up at a rally and there's someone's waving an uh a sign with a nazi swastika you should confront them and jim durkin i just like to point this out who i've been very critical everybody knows i'm critical of state representative jim durkin he's the house uh minority leader he's the leader of the republicans in the house i give him credit i said it yesterday had a lot he, sh- he went up to one of those demonstrators with the nazi sign he's good you don't represent my party you should put that away so i give him a lot of credit for that i respect him for that and that's you know, even though I don't agree with him on a lot of issues, I do appreciate very much him taking that stand. Uh, so I just, the right-wingers, the MAGA hat wearers that don't have the guts to stand up to a someone with a, a swastika on their side or look the other way, they, gotta, they should look in the mirror. That's my first reaction. My second reaction is, you know, come on, Governor Pritzker, let I don't. Why, why are you barring her? I, I I don't. I mean, so, yes, she's not a legitimate uh, journalist the way uh, Tina Sfondelis is. You know, Tina comes on the show and, and she don't ask me my opinions. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I don't even Danny Mahopoulos would tell me I don't have opinions. Don't ask me my opinion. Right. So those that's old school journalism. and I respect that, you know. And so obviously Amy Jacobson is not in that category. She has strong opinions, although she doesn't, she's apparently not so critical of people with Nazi signs. But anyway, um, so <laughs> that having said that, I don't know. I wouldn't ban her. I don't, I don't know why I just, I don't feel sorry for her. And I know she's turning herself into a martyr, but I just don't know why. I, if I were on in the uh, inside, I'd go, why ban her? I, makes, gives her more significance than she deserves. So, that's my take on it.
2: I, I, pro- I agree with you. I'll have to say that, because I, I, I just don't get, you know, I mean, it's clear that I'm not a Trump supporter, and I don't have that many Trump supporter friends. I, I might know one or two people, and I have confronted them, and, um, but it's, it's one of those things where there's just certain things, like, it, I don't care what political party you belong to, but it's okay to be critical of someone that you don't, that you maybe align yourself with. But I feel like people who support Trump don't want to say anything. Anything that he does is wrong. You look at someone like Mitch McConnell, um, after Obama spoke um, to the uh, graduates and talked about how this administration is, you know, mishandling the way this current coronavirus pandemic is, Mitch McConnell comes out and says that, you know, he called President, you know, former President Obama class like and you know it's it's so wrong to criticize you know the current administration and he's totally going out after Obama and I'm like um do you ever criticize the man that you're standing behind because he's saying a lot of things that are you know all over the place too it's just I just find it really interesting I mean it's not interesting but at the same time it's very telling and I find whenever people give excuses to Trump supporters saying that and, you know, yeah, there probably are Trump supporters who aren't necessarily racist, but how they can just sit there and stay quiet and silent, it, it just boggles my mind. But I don't know. I'm not an expert on Trump, Trump supporters. I can say that. I just I just see the way, you know, a lot of the rhetoric comes out and it goes unchecked. And a lot of a lot of Trump supporters and, you know, even even people who are supposed to be respected in the Republican Party just sit there and act as if this is all normal
1: yeah I uh and they go beyond that uh Darren Bailey the downstate rep uh, when he was confronted with uh questions about uh, protesters the MAGA hat protesters wearing uh waving the signs with the swastikas on them uh, he said he didn't believe uh, he thought they were plants which is utterly ridiculous anybody who goes to a rally and talks to them you see the reports in the paper they're not plants and uh counter protesters have dealt with them so it's they're clearly not plants so that's that's a level of delusion and uh lying to yourself uh which so that's my ultimate my ultimate reaction is like i i don't understand how any uh conservative could look in the mirror and tolerate people with uh, swastikas uh going to rallies where there's people with swastikas i just the standards have fallen so low for right wingers in this country that that's where we're at, so that's that's kind of how I take it and um all right, let's move on, Francis Parker. did you read that story in the suntime? Believable, What a move by Francis Parker
2: yep <laughs> yeah um I read it really quick right before you I mean, I know you told me about it, I knew it was in there, but um I'm off today, so i I admit I wasn't on top of everything, and there are days I don't read the entire paper back. There front but I did read it and um, uh, again this is a situation where um, Francis Parker High School it's I, I believe it's a prestigious private high school they had straw buyers um, buy condos in this building that's next door because you know and they were sued by the most of the people who lived in that condos they, the people who lived in the condos said they're trying to take over that building so they can use it for their school. And I, you know, you know, Daryl Hannah went to that. I think went, went to Francis Parker. There's the, a couple of famous people who went to that school.
1: The actress uh, Daryl Hannah from um, yeah, what was the name of that movie she was in? The big time movie that broke her out. I'm just blanking on it. She played a mermaid. Splash. splash. Yes, yeah, splash. She went there. I never
2: saw it, but I remember when it came out.
1: Uh, and I'll give you one other graduate of Francis Parker that uh, w- at one point was your boss. My boss? Yes, your boss and my boss.
2: Uh,
1: Give up, Farrell? Edwin yeah. Eisendrath. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's, uh, your, he's your
1: pal. <laughs> <laughs> he's my pal and my boss. <laughs> uh, so yes, young Edwin Eisendrath was uh, a graduate of Francis Park. No, I just I, I thought he when I read the story. Uh Romana, you know, I just was teasing him about it. What are you gonna teach the kids in the civics class at your school? You know what I'm saying? Might makes right? Uh do good, Northsiders. You know, they they live by their own rules, I suppose, huh? Yeah, it
2: was it was pretty interesting. I know right before we uh we went on the program you said that um it's a it's a subject I like talking about rich white people but I just like talking about white people in general. There was a funny
1: (laughs) They don't have to be rich.
2: (laughs) No, they don't. There was this funny there's actually this funny tweet um that I retweeted earlier this week um by this comedian who said that white people had to eat their own food for two months and now they're rioting. So (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily rich white people. So it was pretty funny. I thought it was pretty funny. I was, telling, I was telling my hu- husband, Mick, about it, and who's white, and he just looked at me. I <laughs> said, it's true. We, we,
1: we've we so, already thrown Mick under the bus already on the show today. Before you came on, uh, I, was, I was making a reference to the fact that the actor who played Eddie Haskell in Leave it to Beaver uh, died, and I was recalling the time that Mick and I were having a lunch together, and I mentioned Eddie Haskell. He didn't know who Eddie Haskell was. We had this... De- debate about whether he should know did it? Yes, he did not. I actually wrote a story about it, which I think I'm going to uh, take it out and, re- and do it part of the reader newsletter. Yeah, he did not know who Eddie Haskell was. It's all good, that, that, man. That,
2: that, that, that's, interesting that you, that's interesting that you say that because I totally knew who Eddie Haskell was. And we were talking about it at the news meeting earlier this week. And we said that we'll we'll put it on the front page. We'll refer it um, as a story because our readers who are older will know. And I'm like, I know who he is. And someone who's a little older than me is like, I have no idea who this is. And I was like telling her, I'm like, it was a very, like, very vanilla show. But it came on reruns. And I thought it was actually a pretty bad show. But Eddie Haskell was like the best character because he would be like all nice and like sucking up and brown nosing to the parents and then he'd totally be like a jerk you know he, he really wasn't like that He just like pretending that he so he was he was he was a pretty uh funny character i thought it, he was like the most edgiest character on that show so oh, i don't yeah. know how you cannot not know who eddie haskell
1: was. yeah no he uh Especially Meg. yeah no it was, he, he didn't know uh but but eddie haskell is just such a classic prototype. Of like you said, the duplicitous person who's oh hello, Mrs. Cleaver. Let me take your groceries for you. You look lovely in your dress, and as soon as she's out of the room, it's like ah, give me a cigarette, give me a boot. You know what I mean? I just got a kick out of that. Uh, he could fit in well at uh, Francis Parker, perhaps. He'd be on their board uh, anyway. Uh, Eddie Haskell, may he uh, rest in peace. That's not even his real name. I don't know what the the guy's real name. I keep calling him Eddie Haskell. Um, so uh, all right. Uh, since we're talking about Francis Parker's at Northside School, this has uh, been on my mind a lot. The love that Northsiders have for Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, do you um, share my opinion that it's deep love and a deep and abiding love that Northsiders have for Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Are I, you getting that
2: vibe? Thought... Go ahead. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is Northsiders, but I feel like there are a certain group of people, especially from the Northside, who don't, criticize, don't want to criticize Lori Lightfoot. I think there were a lot of those Northsiders who came out when her haircut was brought up. Not necessarily everybody that was from the North side, but I felt like there was, they were screaming the loudest, like, this isn't the most important issue. And I'm like, well, it's, it's an issue. I'm not saying it's the most important issue either. But uh, I think that was brought up during the elections, wasn't it? During the primaries, like the, you know, overwhelmingly, a lot of people on the North side voted for Lori Lightfoot the first time. So I think, I think there is a, a certain love for her on, on the North side, which is fine. You, you know, you could like someone. I just don't understand. And this is probably people who like really love a politician. Like, and I, I feel this with reporters too. Like, I think it's okay to criticize someone you like or someone you agree with politically. I, I don't get this whole notion of when you like someone politically, you can't, I mean, everything they do is, justified i don't get that and i do see that with some people but i don't know have have you seen a recent a recent uh out out outcry? oh my goodness
1: i uh <laughs> this is i base this on I just smile first of all oh let's go back to haircut gate uh when Lori lightfoot did the psas uh, making fun of people who feel compelled to go out and get a well, it wasn't a haircut. I think it was a pedicure, but I think also about getting. A...
2: She said she talked about touching up your hair, yeah, so t- when your gray roots start showing, so yeah. that's pretty much grooming, you know, your hair.
1: Yeah, and this big deal in my house. I keep talking about this. My wife's a hairdresser. Our, her business has been shut down, and uh, so you know it's a big deal in our house. Uh, of course. I, and I, as everybody looks, it's like I am. <laughs> like a poster child of uh, not good grooming. Uh, I I look like a schlub and my wife is very, you know, she takes care of her look and she has a great look and everything. And it's much, it's not unlike you and Mick. I mean, you really, you can hold it together and Mick's kind of like me. You know, that's why, maybe why we're good friends. So, um, so it's really important. And I know it's very important to a lot of people. They, you know, they like looking good. So not going to the the hairdresser is a sacrifice. It's not a life and death, but it's a sacrifice. So when she made that commercial, you know, it was a funny way of saying, hey, just all chill out. We'll get to go back to the hairdressers. And then she gets the haircut. It's like, hey, wait a minute. So it's an obvious inconsistency. And then the way she responded to come back saying, that's off ground. You know, that's gone too far. I have to look good because I'm the face of Chicago. That just kind of rubs salt in the wound for a lot of hair, husbands of hairdressers, uh, and it was inconsistent. But what I noted was the response of many Northsiders and many people in the news media. their counter, yeah. the yeah. counterattack. They were madder at the reporter who asked the question. Then they were at the mayor. And I'm like, that's when it hit me, man. The reverence that some people have in this town for Lori Lightfoot. It's like what it was like for Daly in the '90s. People loved Mayor Daly in the '90s. Loved the guy. You criticized Mayor Daly, they would turn on you. So I just wonder what it is about Northsiders that they love these powerful mayors so much. I'm quite not sure I understand this.
2: You know, some of it I under, You know, some of it I'm thinking. Just as a woman of color, they they probably feel like you know attacking Lori Lightfoot like would they do that if she were a man I know that was brought up too but I think I'm just saying you know it's okay I think it's okay to criticize someone who's still like that's just my opinion but I don't know I just feel like journalists should be criticized their journalists aren't perfect and if they're doing the wrong thing I think that or the other journalists it's okay for them to call them out but there was this overly sanctimonious you know outcry over like, why are these journalists asking her this question? And yes, um, you know what Lori Lightfoot said was true. There, were, there are a lot of Black and brown communities being affected by the coronavirus. And that is the more important story. But it is a legitimate question. And I've told you this before on this show too. I, I think it's okay for reporters to ask. Do I think they should be asking this every day and every night? No. But it was a legitimate question to ask after pictures of her surface next to this woman who apparently cut her hair. And what you're saying about self-care, like I personally am okay with my hair going out of control and my eyebrows going out of control. I do like taking care of myself, but it's something I can sacrifice. But for some people, it is, it is part of their mental health. You know, you know, people are talking about how liquor stores need to be open because this is what, how people can cope. But for some people, self-care is very important and it's connected to their mel- mental health. So, like, while guys like you and Mick might not understand why <laughs> it's okay, why why people want to, like, dress up and look good, it's, like, you know, it's something that people, and it's not just women, you know, people have this stereotype that women just want to look good, but some men do, too. Yeah. I mean, some men do care about their looks, you know, they, they do care about what they wear, and, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I understand when people say that, you know, a haircut's not essential, I can understand that, like, I'm fine with it, but I feel like, some people feel like the things they like, like, you know, the pot shops have to be open because that's what I like. And that's that's. But why is what you like more important than what other people like? And and that's one of the things I found really interesting is like people are like, well, you need to have liquor stores. And, you know, I don't drink. <laughs> I'm not like a pot smoker. So I'm just like, I don't think it's essential. You can get your alcohol from Jewel if you want to. But, you know, I've read somewhere that, you know, the reason they're keeping the alcohol, um, the liquor stores open is because they don't want alcoholics to like crowd up, you know, from withdrawal at at the hospital, they want to free it up. That's what I've heard. Hmm. And I you know, I'm just saying that different, different things are essential for different people. And uh, and I understand that. And you know, there's an argument that's being made right now about people in houses of worship, but I don't agree with that either. You know, I'm Ramadan happened and it's almost done this this weekend is going to be the end of Ramadan, which is a holiday for us, but our mosques were all closed. But some people feel like I understand people. Religion is very important for a lot of people, but I do think that they should have been closed. And I don't know if you heard, but Donald Trump just deemed churches essential. I don't think that includes mosques or any. Other, I I don't know if that includes mosques, but he just I just saw this news alert right before I started. So, you know, different, yeah. Did he say, I just,
1: okay, did he say, this is news to me. I've not seen this. So, uh, and if you don't know the answer, you just don't know the answer. Did he say churches or did he say houses of worship?
2: It said churches on the um, news alert that I saw. Like, um, as soon as I was done showering and I just looked at my phone, it said Trump deems churches essential. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's not people like me. There are a lot of people <laughs> houses of worship. Maybe he'll allow uh, Jared Kushner to go to the synagogue and Ivanka to go to the synagogue. But mm. um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. S-
1: Synagogues it's, it's, it's don't fall next- in the category of churches. Churches are churches.
2: I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying, you know, he, I don't I don't know what this means exactly because I just saw the alert right before um, I uh, started the show with you and I was screaming across the room to Mick. I'm like, did you just see this? And. And and that's, again, I understand religion is very important. My religious identity is very important. But I also understand that I think it's your religious duty not to spread this virus to other people. So I understand closing down. I mean, you would think that, you know, I think God is okay with you not praying in congregation. It's important. Like, religion is important. But if you're religious, you can pray at home. Yeah.
1: And by the way, uh, you could also open them up in such a way that uh, social distancing is mandated and followed, uh, as opposed to just thumbing your nose at, at the notion that this is a serious virus. I just saw an article uh, that I haven't even um, had time to fully uh, digest and talk about, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, a study that, sh- that compared the, the rates of infection between uh, bordering counties in Iowa, in Illinois, I don't know if you saw this, but this had to do, I saw this as a, a part of the coverage of the lawsuit filed by Darren Bailey uh, uh, against the state of Illinois claiming that the state, uh, Governor Pritzker, extended his authority in mandating a stay at home. Uh, and this, the state is trying to argue that there's a greater health concern. The judge in that case, who's ruling on Bailey's side, does, says health matters are in, irrelevant. All that matters is the law. And uh, as part of the the coverage, um, the state was going to show a study that was in the American, what is it, the Journal of Medical, I forget. uh, JAMA. JAMA, thank you, Journal of America. Boy. My dad
2: used to get that. Yeah, I
1: flipped that around. That showed that there was a higher rate of uh, virus infections in Iowa just across the border from Illinois because Iowa didn't have A stay at home order so i think that part of the reason why these downstate areas uh have not been hit as hard is to a degree because governor pritzker enforced the stay at home rule so he actually protected people and they're responding by giving having rallies where they wave nazi swastikas and nazi slogans uh so that thanks for nothing uh downstaters on that on that point so it is a very serious health high. I don't want to minimize it but I do believe at this stage you can open things up a little bit if you follow protocol
2: of course of course and I think people are slowly going back to work my brother's an optometrist and he just started work two weeks ago and you know obviously they have rules mandating what they can and they can't do so I'm sure um Pam will be able to go back soon um I know We talked about this, Lori Lightfoot said that Chicago won't be ready by Memorial Day because Pritzker said that's when things, you know, outdoor restaurants can have outdoor seating and um, places can cut, you know, people can cut hair again. But I know she said that Chicago isn't ready necessarily. But I know there are some businesses where I get my hair cut in the suburbs. They said they're opening up. But I don't think I'm going to be running to get my hair cut. I might wait like a few weeks just to see how things are. And I think it's okay, You know, I think there's a difference between people. Like me, I'll give myself an example. I know the virus is serious. Am I perfect when it comes to social distancing and trying to keeping myself away from people? Probably not. But I'm also not going to be one of those people that's like, I'm going to go to the grocery store without a mask just to show Governor Pritzker what, you know, that I don't want to listen to him. And, I, you know, and you can criticize Governor Pritzker. I think it's OK for people to criticize Governor Pritzker the way, he, you know, and I think a lot of people would say that, you know, he's probably doing the right thing by following what the scientists are telling you. You could there can be an argument about, you know, whether he's taking the right steps in ter- terms of like the economy and the schools. But at the same time, I don't think any governor is going to be like, I want to shut down the whole state and, you know, on purpose because i want to show how powerful i am i don't think any governor would do that and i think for people to think that is definitely erroneous that's just my again uh, that's my opinion even though i try to keep my opinion out of things well <laughs>
1: that's her opinion as a columnist ladies and gentlemen okay yes. I'm, I'm a with her 100 i'm with you 100 on that i think it's uh i'm what a leap of conclusion oh he's a tyrant he just wants to shut down the state because he
2: doesn't like yeah, us. Yeah, uh, why would he why why would any leader want to harm their own you know the economy of their own state nobody wants to do that nobody wants and you know it's understandable there are a lot of people losing their jobs and their lively, you know their livelihoods and that's understandable those questions are good but to say that he's doing this on purpose i i, I think that's a stretch all
1: right let's uh close down by uh offering up a recommendation with the, my beloved last dance is over uh, that the, the ESPN special on the Chicago Bulls, which I dutifully followed. And now we've started a whole new feature in the show where every Wednesday I have a basketball discussion. So it will live on, uh, at least on my show. Uh, but uh, so what, are, what should I watch now, uh, Ramana, that I can't watch my beloved Bulls?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, one of the things, I, Mick and I were watching um, the Asian American documentary because May was Asian American Uh, month. It's a month dedicated to the Asian-Americans. So PBS had this really interesting special on Asian-Americans. It's a five-part series. I don't know if it's available now, but Mick and I DVR'd it. So we have one more episode left. And I don't want to make you jealous, but we have two more episodes of The Last Dance left. (laughs) So we we still have to watch Uh, that. And, 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 you know, obviously I've been hearing a lot about the aftermath. And, you know, a lot of um, Mick was asking me, he's like, don't you miss sports just a little? And I said, well, I, I, I'll be honest, I probably miss the haircuts more than I miss sports. So I, I, I like sports, but I told him I'm like, I'm not like you where I'm like, oh my God, I feel deprived. I mean, I'm okay. I'm, I feel bad, but it's like the least, it's like the lowest on my totem pole, like, you know, in terms of what's important to me. But, you know, the last dance I know for a lot of people replaced their sports watching and everybody really liked it. And I, I think, I think it was great. Like, um, I have to watch. The last two episodes and I'm sure they're going to be interesting but it, it, it's interesting hearing about the feuds and um, they're continuing They're continuing on Horace Grant and Michael Jordan Horace Grant is upset that Michael Jordan called him out for um, snitching on him for that one book that they were talking about Sam Smith, and, yeah. I,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah and Horace Grant wants to um, settle it like a man with Michael Jordan and so I don't know I, think that, I don't think we've seen the end of this, these last dance discussions um, it was funny watching, you know, because we we're always two episodes behind. Mick wanted to save episodes for himself because like, I don't want to, I don't want to just just do it all at once. And last week he forgot to tape it. We had to, we had to kind of like follow up on it. So I saw people, you know, people were live tweeting when they're watching. And then, you know, the one two weeks ago, people were started tweeting about Baker Square. And I'm like, why are people tweeting about Baker Square in the last band? And it turned out, um. God, why am I forgetting his name? Oh, I know
1: why. Because um,
2: yeah, B.J. Armstrong yeah. met Michael Jordan in yeah. Baker Square, so everybody's like, what's Baker?" You know, people from out of Chicago, I think, were wondering what Baker Square was, yeah. and everybody in Chicago was tweeting like, "I wonder which Baker Square it was." So I just thought it was I thought it was funny, um, just looking at all the tweets, and I think people were very interested. I know the Sun Times we had a uh, like some sort of like commemorative um, booklet that came with the paper, or like you know extra section that came with the paper last week so that was pretty much um i think the sports writers were definitely taking it and you know taking all the little gems five takeaways from this episode and so I, it was interesting i like i said i'm not anywhere near as much as a bulls fans as you and i i thought it was very entertaining
1: it's very entertaining so, the last two segments uh, are excellent in my humble opinion uh and there's a, a great uh uh, bio, if you will, about Steve Kerr and his family. So I don't, want, I don't want to give too much away, but that's really good, very moving. Uh, that little section. My biggest complaint is they iced out my beloved Craig Hodges. I think that was a big, uh, that was the that was the biggest uh, mistake I think, in my humble opinion, that the filmmakers made. But. My guess is, if I had to put money in Vegas, Michael Jordan said he didn't want Craig Hodges in the movie, and so Craig Hodges wasn't in the movie. So, anyway, all right, Ramona, stay safe, stay sound, you too, uh, and um, we'll be talking to you next week. All right.
2: Okay. Take care.
1: That's great, Ramon Hussein. Every Friday in the Benjirovski Show, the Ramona Rundown, and uh, she's met an and a columnist. Ramona, woo. Okay, As a columnist, she has a right to state her opinions, D. She's a columnist.
0: Holy cow. Hey, before we roll out of here for the weekend, uh, we have a few updates. Uh, first off, uh, Ben, Ken Osmond is the Eddie Haskell's
1: real name. Who sent that? I looked it up. Oh, okay. Whoa! You're in a row! Hey, Not... B-E-Z, huh? No? See that? Huh? That doesn't help
0: me. Oh, <laughs> B-E-Z, he can look things up online.
1: <laughs> All right, sorry.
0: That doesn't help, but that's okay. But his name, his name is Ken Osmond. Okay, I I didn't know that. So there you go. For the next time, Ken Osmond. Okay, let's see if I remember that. (laughs) Good luck. All right, on to our next update. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. Uh, We were trying to play some of Lori Lightfoot's uh, press briefing today, but boy, the audio sounded like hot garbage. So we just moved on, but we do have the details. Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced today the city is on track. To move to the quote cautiously uh, to move on to the quote cautiously reopen third phase of reopening plans by Early June, though, reopening the lakefront could still be a ways away. That prediction sees the city transition from phase two, which entails city residents staying home, to the cautiously reopen phase, which will still require strict physical uh, distancing. Stay away from me, Ben, but (laughs) allow for some industries to start reopening. Specific guidelines will be released next week. And will include details on how businesses can maintain safety, working spaces, and conditions.
1: So next week, she's going to release it. She did release it today. So we're going to wait till next week. i will be talking about this on Tuesday, D. And we'll wait
0: till next week. And finally, uh, well, we got an update here. Boy, with presidential candidate Joe Biden, the hits keep coming. Play the
1: radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. By the way, he gave me permission to touch him. All
0: right? <laughs> We got more awkward audio oh, no. from presidential candidate Joe Biden. The following comes from Politico. Uh, it says here former Vice President Joe Biden told a popular black radio personality on Thursday that he, quote, ain't black if he was still weighing whether to support President Donald Trump in November's general election. So I have the audio here. Here's Joe Biden uh, telling a, a black gentleman that he ain't black if uh, he. He's thinking about supporting Donald Trump. Take it away, Joey B.
1: But I tell you, if you have a problem
0: figuring out whether you're for
1: me or Trump, and you ain't black. Wow. Oh, goddamn, that's the guy you nominated. I didn't vote for him, <laughs> but I'm going to vote for him in November. Yes, say, How sir. are we feeling? We gotta, let's gauge it here, Ben. How are you feeling about Biden these
0: days? We haven't really uh, asked you that.
1: Uh, well, by the way, it's a good way for me to... Uh... Uh, do a little uh, promotion here, promo. Uh, Dave Ferris will be on the show, and well, I'll be interviewing him in a little while. We'll drop it over the weekend. You know, I, uh, I, uh, Joey B. I haven't been hating on him lately, D. Um, until I heard that, I'm like, oh my god, Joseph, Joseph. Everybody's reminds me of Remember when Bucovitch said that he was blacker than Obama? Remember that, D? I don't know. If that was before you no. you were following politics. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump. And you ain't black. Yeah, so that kind of reminds me, uh, I don't know, just the general white guys saying stuff like that just rubs me the wrong way. And th- you know what? The gentleman who, I don't know who he was talking to. Who is Charlemagne he? the God. Oh, okay. Charlemagne the God is for Trump? Well, I don't know. Oh, uh, so maybe he's undecided. Yeah, maybe he's undecided. You no, know, hey, it's America's got a right to vote for whoever he wants. I uh, stand by what I say, though. I don't believe uh, Trump will get more than 2% of the black vote. But, uh, you know, look, I don't believe any vote will be swayed by what Joe Biden just said there. Just as no votes were swayed by the Tara Reid accusations, let's face it, Dems are determined to oust Donald Trump. Joe Biden is their guy, and they're going to stick with Joe Biden.
0: All right, guys.
1: Oh, I thought you were gonna have a. Uh, uh, That's it. That's oh. the show. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> caught me off guard there, Dave. Apparently, that was my fault. Be easy. It was not his fault. All right. Anyway, a uh, great show today. I'm thankful for my insane, and of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the pride and joy of Alton, Illinois. And uh, back home in Alton, they call him Dennis. <laughs> Maybe that'll work. Keep uh, yourself raised. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great, safe weekend, everybody. See you Tuesday.
0: Hey, and remember, download this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. Once you listen to them, check out the archive. Turns out there's like over 500 things for you to listen to on both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcasts, live stream people. You guys are my friends. Thank you so much for weighing in as always, and we'll see you Tuesday.
1: Chill no a children Play the radio, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. And I tested very positively in a, in another sense. So negative. this morning, yeah, I tested positively toward negative, right? So no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning, it, meaning, meaning I tested
2: negative. Right tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black that's correct